Stampede. Garner is in number 67. Recorded 10 11 2020. In this modern world, we like to measure everything, and that's no exaggeration. It's particularly true in America. I'm reminded about a line Anthony Quinn delivered in the movie Zorba the Greek 
clever people and grocers. They weigh everything, end quote. And that's true. And it's in large part how all of us conduct our daily lives. We calculate, we measure, we distill everything. In some cases, we figure out the least common denominator. So you might say that's what separates us from other living things. We like to calculate, or at least we used to believe we could calculate. No, in many ways, measuring any and all things is left up to computers today. My early days of sitting in a classroom memorizing multiplication tables has been replaced by a calculator giving an answer in a fraction of a second. I seriously doubt if I were to ask a nine-year-old what you get when you multiply the number six with the number seven, if he or she could reply. And not just a nine-year-old, it would be true of lots of college-age students as well. Most people today have been dumbed down. They think artificial intelligence is going to make them smarter. But before Gore Vidal, the American author, an intellectual thinker died, he made it clear when he said what has happened in this country, and I quote, the great American amnesia. There was a time when people enjoyed walking in a city park on a Sunday afternoon and finding a statue of some historical significance. But there are people today who would tear down whatever that piece of art might be. Now, being an artist myself, I believe in always trying to improve in creating an image, but I don't like people who would destroy something without being able to replace it with something better. In this country, there are a lot of people who only want to destroy without the slightest idea about how to create. And I'm telling you up front, I don't like those people. Step up to the top. Okay, no disgrace. Just pull up your sleeves and get them in place. Then scoop up the water and rub it on your face and go... Pick up the soap. Now don't try to bluff. Work up a leather. And when you've got enough, get your hands full of water. And you snort and you snuff and go. <laughs> you douse and you souse. Rub and you scrub. You sputter and splash all over the tub. You may be cold and wet when you're done, but you gotta admit it's good, clean fun. So splash all you like. Taint any trick. As soon as you're through, you'll feel mighty slick. Bunch of old nanny goats, you make me sick going. Thank you.
basis of a consumerist economy relies upon measuring. Accordingly, the numbers have to show people are going out and spending money. It's a little like a chain reaction. You first gain employment and are issued a check for your work, which in turn permits you to go out spending that money for buying things which in turn permits other people to receive money, and so on and so forth. Now, the key to how successful that process is working is constantly being measured. You know, like how many automobiles are manufactured and sold each month? How retail businesses report profits, like big box merchandisers, such as Walmart, JCPenney, Sears, or any other number of other businesses that are measured. If you don't make a profit or show that people are willing to buy what you're selling, that measurement reflects on how successful the consumerist economy is doing. 
And to make sure everything is working right, in a consumer society, you want prices for everything to remain stable. You don't want prices to rise too fast because that would prevent people from being able to spend. And that as well has to be closely measured. The long and the short of what I'm saying is we measure everything. And we do it by giving numbers to that measurement. Of course, you always want to convince people everything is all right. In an economy run by numbers, no matter what happens, you want to be able to point to certain segments that show an upward trend. Take, for example, what happens on Wall Street with indexes composed of stocks. For some time now, the Federal Reserve has been keeping the price of money at record numbers. For big banks, they can borrow money at close to 0% interest. Of course, that's what is commonly referred to as free money. The general public doesn't get to borrow money at that rate. But putting that aside for a moment, let's see what free money does to Wall Street. to measuring the strength of the American economy, people have long looked to the listing of stocks on Wall Street. And there are lots of ways of measuring the strength of an individual stock. It's valuations. It can be measured by 
its volatility, its price to earnings ratio, its market capitalization, its company's revenues, the company's net worth, its assets compared to its liabilities, its equity to debt. There are a lot of people who make a living in brokerage houses buying and selling stocks. And often when a stock rises in price, the explanation given is there are more buyers than sellers. But there are issues when a stock rises without any fundamental underlying technical support. Some stocks can rise without the company it represents having any revenue whatsoever and might even be carrying massive losses on its balance sheet. It's not unheard of that some stocks or companies are manipulated, specifically hyped to drive the value up, only to be used to sell it for a profit. And recently, a common practice has been found that makes even the word fraud sound legitimate. A company that has experienced financial distress and seen the price of its stock falling might take advantage of getting interest-free money, money at nearly a zero interest rate, and begin a campaign of buying back its own stock. This can be described as a variation on an old scheme, whereby an investment company shows people how over a short period of time they can make a handsome return on their money. But in truth, the investment can only pay out money just so long as the company can keep attracting new investors. In reality, there isn't any handsome return on their money at all. It relies on the money of new investors, which is used to make their payments of the fictitious handsome return. It's called a Ponzi scheme, and it's a fraud that has existed in lots of ways and has been going on for a long time in the world of financing. The practice of a company buying back its own stock to prevent its price from falling can be extended to a collection of stocks or even an index as large as, let's say, the Dow Jones index. His welcome grin. He's imagining how well you'd fit within his skin. <laughs> Never smile at a crocodile. Never tip your hat and stop to talk a while. Never run, walk away, say good night, not good day. Clear the island. Never smile at Mr. Crocodile. of etiquette in your head but there's always some special case time or place to 
forget as he can. As I said, in this country, we like to measure things. The only trouble is, if the numbers don't add up right, there are always people around who can twist the numbers to make them fit. If you're the owner of a shoe store and you want to start selling shoes that are regularly priced at $25, well, you put a sign in your store window, regularly priced $50 shoes, now on sale for only $25. I mean, that's a markdown that most people can't resist. But you could have bought those shoes for $25 a day earlier, before the sign was placed in the window. Yeah, we like to measure everything, but numbers can be deceptive. I'm not like most people. In fact, I like to think of myself as an artist. And although calculating and measuring can enter into creating something beautiful, usually it isn't the guiding principle for me. No, trying to make something beautiful requires a different way of thinking. It's true I'm not one of those persons who says, I know what I like. My approach is more along the line of thinking about what I'm looking at. Is the subject matter engaging? I'm not a big fan of contemporary art. I like the classics. However, there is an artist who interests me and was credited with starting modern abstract art. The Russian painter Kazimir Malevich, born in 1879 in Poland, and died in the Soviet Union in 1935. He produced geometric abstract art and is famously known for his painting, The Black Square. It's an easy painting to describe in an audio podcast. It is exactly like its title. It is a square painting entirely painted black. He founded what is called the Suprematists Movement in 1915 at the last Futurist exhibition in St. Petersburg, Russia. Malevich claimed his work of geometric abstract art was based upon the supremacy of pure artistic feeling rather than the visual depiction of objects. Some critics say his work is devoid of love of life and love of nature, and I'm somewhat in agreement with that assessment. In a consumerist society, 
everything has to be measured. In that world, we leave behind being free. And today, we've become nothing more than a number, forfeiting our will to see the importance to create. We've been taught to consume. And it brings values that lead to deception, greed, and even violence. You can never be satisfied in a consumerist world. You can only want more. And that can lead to distorted values. There'll come a time when we realize the emptiness of what consumerism brings and the dangers it's brought us. The need to escape will be great, and we see that happening already. COVID-19 is reformulating how we live. The escape from the economic system of consumerism is taking place as I speak. What we once considered important is changing, but we should never forget what happened. Artificial intelligence, social engineering, the propaganda that is a part of consumerism is making us demand that we escape. The illusions that everything is going to be all right are coming to an end. Scientifically, it's called escape velocity. It's a measurement. It's the speed necessary to escape from the Earth's gravitation. To leave this Earth, you must achieve a specific speed. It's a measurement for sending a rocket into outer space. For a rocket to achieve an infinite distance from the Earth's gravitational influence, it must reach the speed of 11,186 meters per second. It is, by definition, an object's kinetic energy and its gravitation potential energy being equal to zero. To achieve escape velocity from our economic system of consumerism, you must replace it with something. The opposite process of consuming is to create the escape velocity to replace consumerism is creativity, not destruction. Just one birthday every year. Ah, but there are 364 on birthdays. Precisely why we're gathered here to cheer. Why, then today is my own birthday, too. It is? What a small world this is. In that case, a very petty on birthday. To me? To you. A very petty on birthday. From me? For you. Now blow the candle up, my dear, and make your wish come true. <laughs> a very petty on birthday.
this week on Garner Isn't. You first heard music from the 1937 animated Disney movie, Snow White. In 1989, the Library of Congress deemed the film culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant and was one of the first 25 films for preservation in the National Film Registry. First you heard Andriana Casolati singing A Smile and a Song, then another Larry Mori and Frank Churchill composition, The Wash Song, followed by another Disney production with Catherine Beaumont singing Very Good Advice from the 1951 movie Alice in Wonderland, followed by a short piece composed by Frank Churchill for the movie Peter Pan. Churchill died of suicide in 1942, before the release of Peter Pan in 1953. Never smile at a crocodile. Then another piece from Alice in Wonderland, The Unbirthday Song. Stampede, written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.